welcome into episode 73 of the Get Around Podcast, this post-boys state championship basketball edition, brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. I'm your host, Brett Summers, alongside me, as always, James Cook, Jake Atnip, and we are all hopefully recovered from our respective trips down to the East Lansing area for... Thursday's semifinal featuring the Frankfurt Panthers, and of course they won that, so Jake got to take in the state championship game Saturday morning at the ripe time of 10 a.m. No better place to be than at Michigan State University at 10 in the morning. I'm okay with that. I could come up with a few, but I'll let you slide. (laughs) Uh, I miss the Breslin Center. I I don't think I've actually been back in the Breslin since I graduated a few years ago. I'm trying to think. I've seen games outside of there, but I haven't seen one at home. So I haven't been back in there in a while. It is a great facility. There's no doubt about that, and they always put on a, a, a great atmosphere for the boys' uh, state finals, and we're going to talk probably a lot about that today uh, as we're now down to the final week of winter sports. Girls, of course, still going. Uh, they'll maybe, well, maybe a couple local-ish teams will make trips down to Calvin College uh, at the end of the week. We shall see about that. They still have quarterfinals to play. The Cadillac Vikings play Freeland in Division Two, and Gaylord St. Mary in Division Four takes on Fowler. In a game uh, that's been moved from, it was supposed to be played in, in Cadillac, but it's been moved to uh, down at Farwell now. So those are the, the yeah the two, two girls teams still with a shot uh, to make Final Fours. Uh, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about Frankfurt. Obviously, the the boys putting on quite the show to get to the Breslin and then earning themselves a spot in the final game of the boys' basketball season. We'll introduce a little bit of a new segment later called F Tweet of the Week. We will have a regular rendition of the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We'll earn another member, and then we will jump into the trifecta in this, as I said, the 73rd episode of the Get Around they just keep piling up. They do. Yeah, we, we've also got our conversation with uh, Frankfurt's Blake Miller and Luke Hammond, who drove up from Frankfurt uh, despite Blake having baseball practice uh, later in the evening. Uh, they joined us uh, to kind of recount the Panthers' trip to the finals. So uh, quick early thank you to them for joining the show, and we'll get to that interview later. So a lot to look forward to in this episode. But let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world in the pulse. And that absolutely is East Lansing, the Breslin Center, and the Frankfurt Panthers. James, you and I took the drive Thursday evening uh, for, the, for the last game of the day on Thursday to watch Frankfurt defeat Tri-Unity Christian in a thriller. Yet another one. Oh, uh, yeah, a word that has become synonymous with the Frankfurt Panthers. They beat Triunity Christian 44-43. to They held a 23-point lead. Then they trailed, and then they won in dramatic fashion. I mean, I... Is that a nail-biter? Is that a head-scratcher? How, how do you... How, I think how does that situation I think was, happen? I think it was both. It be yeah. both. It's definitely both because, yeah, I mean, I... I don't... I'm not usually the first to uh, call a game, but I was... I was ready to call that game against Tri-Unity. I mean, they they looked dead. They were stuck on 12 points for over 10 minutes in that semifinal game. Frankfurt was just owning the glass. They maybe didn't shoot 
incredibly well in that game, but they shot well enough to be up 23. And, uh, I mean, a 23 point lead is pretty comfortable in any. And it was late. I mean, it was was late in the third quarter. I mean, and that was the crazy thing about Tri Unity's comeback because 27 to 2 run that got them the lead after trailing, what was it, 35 to 12, right? 35 to 12, Frankfurt. Uh, I mean, it was gone. That lead was gone very, very, very fast. That was. And just the contrast was just so stark because. You know that he had that twenty-seven to two run. Immediately preceding that is a is a span of ten minutes where Triunity did not score a point. Not even a free throw. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Yeah. Zilch. Nada. Yeah, it was. I was sitting on the baseline at the kind of at the second half of of the defenders rally, and I'm just kind of like shaking my head, like you got to be kidding me because. The Defenders, by the way, is the name of Wyoming, Wyoming Triunity Christian's mascot, so we're not just talking about offense and defense. <laughs> That's, yes. Yeah, thanks <laughs> While we're on thanks a for the clarification. But, yeah, it was – and, I mean, it was it, – their, their coach, uh, and rightly so, in his press conference, you know, I think his, his quote was, the old coach should have put the press on a little sooner. And there's no question, because as soon as they started pressing Frankfurt – that is exactly what kind of turned the tables. Frankfurt not handling that well, and of course we saw that on Saturday in the state championship game against Southfield Christian. Uh, they just weren't quite suited to handle that type of pressure, and uh, it had Triunity Christian started a little sooner, they may have uh, seen their fortunes unfold differently. But they didn't, and that's why they play the game. And it it wasn't it it was too little, too late. I mean, they came and brought it back. And Frankfurt still had to win that game. I mean, that, that's why we called it a thriller. They they actually had to come out and yeah. win that game. It wasn't like, oh, we held on. They had to win that game after going down with how much time? What? Well, they I think they trailed by four. Did they trail by four? 40, 40, so 41. I think, I think they were down 41-37 at one point. Uh, but, again, like their regional final win against Leland or the quarterfinal win against Big Rapids Crossroads, it wasn't just that they had to win and that they did. It was just more crazy uh, circumstances because Ethan Ness banks home a three. I think the, the So maybe I was wrong about that 41-37 lead because I think it was tied at 39 when Ethan Ness banks in a three from the top of the key. He certainly didn't call it. He did not call no, bank. The bank was not open, but he deposited anyways. And then the second big thing was a little later in the inside the final minute of that game, Triunity ties the game up at 43. Fewer than 10 seconds to go, and inexplicably, one of their players, and I, I feel for him so badly. I'm not omitting his name because I've, you know, don't want to put him out there. I just, I don't remember which player specifically it was. But he didn't realize the the situation, didn't realize that Triunity had just tied the game, kind of, yeah. you know. He immedi- they were down yeah, one. Immediately thought of the uh, LeBron James, J.R. Smith situation from the NBA Finals. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thought they were still down, committed the intentional foul, and put Ethan Ness, who... Not in, to, the game, not, in the not, game before. Not, not to put him on blast here, but 
According to the finals notes, he was only a 42% free throw shooter. And I don't doubt that. When I talked to him after Going the, into the final four. After, after, yeah, after the quarterfinal, that's why we talked, we talked about him, and they keyed on him, uh, Big Rapids Crossroads did, in that overtime period. Jack Stefanski had some more magic that we, we've talked about, but you know, made two free throws with .1 seconds left, and a, a lane violation helped him get another chance at the second one. But they went into overtime, and Big Rapids Crossroads thought it'd be a good idea to intentionally foul Ethan Ness because they knew he wasn't a good free throw shooter. Ness made five of six in the overtime period and made it happen. And once again, in the semifinal, I think they thought the same thing, and Ness kind of made him pay for it. Yeah, I think with six seconds to go, it was when he went to the free throw line. Nails the first one, the hardest one. I don't. It it was double bonus at that point, right? I can't remember if it was double bonus or just the regular bonus. I think it might have been one and one. Maybe it so was one and one, which is even crazier. And and misses the second, and then you know they can't. Uh, Tri Unity can't get a quality shot off at the end uh, to really put too much worry uh, in there. But yeah, I mean, then they they win. I mean, it, it probably barring some other ridiculous, crazy last second shot. I mean, that game probably should go to overtime, but Panthers advanced well, to the Saturday's final uh, well, and, and because Bennett of another Center, crazy, crazy moment. And Bennett Center really wanted the uh, the call on that last shot because they were he was able to get down to about the free throw line and then kind of throw it up almost underhanded, and he was he was really asking the refs for the for the call. Well, on con- that. considering but, you know, the, I don't think he was considering there were some other calls made this weekend at the Breslin that people are scratching their heads over. Uh, it may be a surprise that that it, it wasn't called in that situation, but yeah, I you got you just got to feel for Iron Mountain. I mean, that that whole last, here that say, whole last twenty seconds was I don't know I, I, I questionable. Still so we'll just say questionable for everybody, all parties involved. But I mean, going into that final, that's what happened. Is I I think that Southfield Christian probably didn't have too much tape. On they Frankfurt. saw enough of what they yeah, needed to exactly. see in that tri-unity run. Exactly. I don't think that they had too much tape on Frankfurt. I don't think that they really knew what they were getting themselves into, but they saw that whatever 10-minute run in the semifinal and what tri-unity did with that press and said, all we have to do is go up on them 27-2 in the first 10 minutes and we'll be fine. Uh, it's exactly what happened, really. I mean, Frankfurt scored the Wasn't first basket. Wasn't quite 27-2. No, no, but... yeah. But, um, I mean, they, they Frankfurt scored the first basket and then... Southfield Christian just went off, broke off 13 straight. And I think there was three turnovers just on the press before the ball even got passed, just with them getting double teamed or triple teamed by the sidelines, if you count that. Uh, the press really wreaked havoc on any part of the Panthers' offensive flow for the majority of the first half of the, the final game. They started to break it a little bit, but they never found their stride, and that was the only thing. Is they had their points, but Will Newbold... I mean, he stepped up big in the second. He was he was the only guy to score in the third for the Panthers. I think he put up nine points, uh, but he was still trading threes, still putting putting it all on the line. Uh, but they, I mean, Southfield Christian just knew what they had to do in order to kind of rattle uh, the Panthers. Yeah, do, do, are they normally a team that normally presses a lot? From what or I, did they just break it out for that game? From what, what I heard, from what I heard, they do do it. They're they're very okay. good. And the 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 one kid, uh, what was his Noah Resky, or I believe his name was from Southfield Christian. He made a point in the presser that, you know, that type of double-team energy, that type of spark that they, they brought to that game is what they try to do. And, you know, even Dan Loney made a point to me a few weeks ago when they went out and did that type of stuff with Bear Lake or against uh, Central Lake uh, where they went up 25-4 to four or, they're, you know, they're up 20 points at the beginning of the game. It really is true that, especially in high school basketball, 
if you can get up that big that early, you dominate the flow of the rest of the game. You, you, you decide who wins. I'm not saying you decide who wins, who loses, but you basically have control of whatever you want to do as a coach and as a player when you can start off like that. When Southfield Christian jumped out to a lead like that, it's just Frankfurt really was struggling to make that run and come back. Well, then on top of it, you're talking about a, a program that's won now five out five of the last eight, eight uh, including back-to-back here over Buckley last year over Frankfurt this year. Uh, it's just a little bit of a recipe for disaster. Uh, and then, of course, as many have liked to uh, point out since that game, the uh, disparity in population area, Southfield Christian drawing from a population center of 70-plus thousand, and obviously Frankfurt more near 170th of that. Uh, so, you know, they've, they've certainly... Got some uh, cred from others pointing out that they're the public school champions of the state of Michigan. And, uh, you know, I mean, nothing's really going to change, I don't think, uh, in this regard going forward. I don't know. It'd be too tough. But, uh, you know, somebody will knock them. A public school will knock them off eventually. Unfortunately for the oh, Panthers. Oh, it always it, happens. I mean, fortunately was, for the Panthers, it wasn't this year. I mean, there, there was a. There's a uh, You've seen Lincoln. They, they won a public school championship this year over a private school in U of D Jesuit. I mean, it's not always, uh, not always the private schools, but I mean, you see them. Well, I'm more talking at the lower, lower lower divisions, though. It's even harder at the lower division than than the higher divisions. But uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I was fantastic run, and I did. I guess I wanted to put it out there on this podcast too, and maybe you guys will join me. Uh, I did tweet about it after the loss. uh, Something about how. you know, Frankfurt, after this, their semifinal win, they, they talked again about how nobody believed in them before this season. And I hear that every season from a million different teams. Yep. And I always brush it aside. I'm like, that's so cliche. Everybody says it just to drum up uh, the underdog mentality. But that was absolutely true about Frankfurt. I did not think they would accomplish what they did this year. I didn't. No, I mean, when, I, when, I started, when we started talking about basketball season, this being my first year, you guys – made a point, like, uh, you listen to our older episodes and the previews, how many times we said it, uh, just on, on nope. the get-around, hey, they lost so much, they lost Griffin Kelly, they lost Jalen Rodgers, our player of the year, they lost 100 points worth of production, wow, and then we went through the whole change, I mean, I, I mean I've mean, i even said that to Loney, I've said that to the guys, we didn't expect that, I think they know that when they come in here and sit down with us, that we didn't expect them to make this run, um, and it's all been... Yeah, I'm, kind of, I'm I'm not too I'm not too prideful to eat crow in this situation, no. and I'm so happy for that community and for for that team, you know that you get to say we proved you wrong because you absolutely did and you earned it. Uh, every seven, every seven, inch of it. seven ways to Sunday, every inch of it. Yep, uh, fantastic, absolutely yeah. fantastic. And that that helped inspire my column last week and how much it made me realize how much I like my job that I get to go and watch these these games. I mean. These were wild games that we've seen over the last few weeks, and it's on the run to a state title. It's cool for us as much as it is them. Mm-hmm. Well, and just uh, I guess I'll, I'll throw this out there. Brett saw this because we get the same emails for the, uh, the, the people that vote in the, in the top ten polls and stuff. And uh, early in the season, Frankfurt was ranked, what, two? Number two in the first poll? Yes. And then they, I think they dropped to, like, four, and then eventually we were, like, seven, eight, nine, eight. I'm not sure who they lost Towards to at here. one point in the regular season, but it was early in the regular season when they lost when they got blown out by Glen Lake. Okay, and that was the only time I had seen them in person. And I sent an email to the 
email chain of the other voters, and I said, Frankfurt is not worth a top ten vote at this point. And well, because, because, well, in that game against Glen Lake, they did not look good. They yeah. looked like a completely different team by the end of December. The yeah, they were down like 30 yeah. at halftime. Yeah. yeah, and then it was an early season game, too. It was like the second or third, yeah, that third was like or fourth December. season game of the season. Yeah, um, so they were a completely different team by the end of the season. And obviously, they were going to be because of so much change early in the season, be way different than at the end. But I just remember seeing them that first game and just being like, wow, this team does not look good. And then I, Saw them later in the season, and they're like, wow, this team is completely different than what I saw earlier in the season. And then they lost to Buckley and Onekama at the end of the regular season. We were right back to, boy, they're, I don't know that, they, I mean. Did they put it all together? They might not question make it mark, too far. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. We had a bunch of them. And I, every day I was proved wrong. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think I covered four of their games down the stretch in the postseason. Yeah. Each time it was a different reason why they were winning. Each time it was the same the same energy. I think that's what was consistent throughout their run uh, was the energy that the the bench, the players, the, the coaches were able to bring, the fans. I think that's what really helped them on this run as well because it made a I, – I, They passed every test save one, and the one they didn't was one that was – It was obviously the hardest maybe not, test. Maybe not set up for them to fail, yeah. but uh, not one that was, it was easily, not in easily their studied for. Yeah, it wasn't stacked in their favor at the very least. It wasn't an entrance exam to USC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm bummed. I like it. All right, with that, let's jump to the girls real quick. Uh, James, you've seen Gaylord St. Mary play a couple of times. They've got Fowler coming up in the quarterfinal. Jake, you saw Cadillac squeak by Benzie uh, in the regional. What are we looking at from these teams? Are they are they Final Four caliber? Can they continue their runs, or are we for the first time in a several years? Are we will we not have a girls team in the Final Four? Well, I I wouldn't I would say any team that's in the quarterfinals is Final Four caliber. I mean, they're one game away from being at the Breslin uh, Cadillac. You know who who I saw about a week and a half ago. They have a couple girls with uh, McKenna Bryant and Molly Anderson who can score the basketball. Macy Brown. Was very, very good underneath. I think she had four, maybe even five blocks in the game against Benzie. Uh, she did foul out. She's, she is a very aggressive post player. Uh, so if she, if she you know, she's able to keep, keep that move in and keep that going in the playoffs, I think she'll be a very valuable asset. Uh, you know, obviously we don't know too much about the Freeland team that they're playing, but I think if Cadillac can keep their defense about them, which they've done a pretty good job of this year, and, and a couple of their girls actually have the games they're capable of having, I think they could get, make it down to Breslin. I don't know about... Uh, make, Calvin College. Yeah, but, sorry, yeah. <clears throat> make it down to right. Calvin it College. It used to be Breslin. Yeah, but make it down to Calvin College and have a shot at at least winning that semifinal. I don't know about, you know, state finals teams. We're doing this once again, uh, just like we did with Frankfurt. But, uh, I mean, after seeing what they've done, I'm sure they have a good chance at making it all the way back down there. The crazy thing for Cadillac is they're to this point with an extremely young roster. Do they do they have a senior in their I starting five? Oh uh, yeah, no, they're not in their starting five. Oh yeah, they did. Emmeline Rosenberg was okay. their one senior. So in the one five. senior in their starting five. Uh, but this this is a team that's on the rise and is at the very least going to give the Big North Conference a lot of trouble for, you know, probably two three plus years to come. Yeah, I'd say the the matchup for Gaylord St. Mary looks about. I guess I would say as good of a matchup as you could get in the quarterfinals. Um, you know, not that they're facing a bad team. I mean, Fowler is sixteen and seven, but. They're, they're a school that finished fifth in their own conference. 
and they're still going in the playoffs. And, you know, in Gaylord St. Mary, uh, the Ski Valley Conference wasn't incredibly deep this year. I mean, there was Gaylord St. Mary and Bel-Air. there was Bel Air, and then in girls basketball, the drop off was, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of other teams that were going to be fighting there for the for the Ski Valley. So they kind of breezed through the Ski Valley, and then, you know, haven't got a whole lot of a whole lot of big scares or anything during the regular season. They were what eighteen and two, I think, the regular season. Yep. And I think they went undefeated in the Ski Valley, and you know, and then in the playoffs, uh, you know, they've just kind of they've pressed teams and found ways to win, and you know, but the their playoff path also has been kind of similar to the Ski Valley in that they haven't played a lot of great teams yet in in the playoffs. So we'll see how they how they do when there's maybe a little step up in the competition here. Yeah, I think perhaps Mayo in the regional final with eleven wins is the most wins they faced. In this route, as far as an opponent, yeah, it could be. I mean, and you know, and that was a decent game for them too because Maya was such a bigger team than them. Yeah, this is a big it, mismatch. It, it, yeah, as far as height, you know, they they had to use their press, they had to use their speed uh, uh, to beat that team, and you know, and credit to them, they did. Uh, you know, they've got depth too, where they can get scoring from three, four, five players on a regular basis. You know, uh, the the Jeffers sisters are both really good at... Emma Jo Sherwinski. Emma Jo Sherwinski is a really good shooter. If you leave her open on the baseline, she is going to knock them down. Gruchinski scores. Yep, she contributes too. Um, uh, Megan Lofer, the, the center. Um, the student section loves her. The student, they come to the games and they have the, the big cutout heads, you know, of, of Megan Lofer. And, you know, she's just the big center down there. Down low, <laughs> and, they, and they keep chanting, feed the loaf. During the, the game, loaf. <laughs> feed the loaf. That is a, that's an awesome chant. That is an awesome chant. Yeah, I mean, but from what I'm hearing is they both have a pretty good shot at making it uh, down to the final four. And once again, it, hopefully, it's not the first time in a long time that we don't have a team in the final four. But we, we got two teams still a shot more than the boys had. Yeah. Good luck to Cadillac. Good luck to Kaylin St. Mary. We'll see if this ride, this postseason ride, can continue. The Pulse, brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. And now it's time to listen to another great conversation. I don't know. Maybe I'm just patting myself on the back here. I think we might be getting better at this. The freaking get-around is crushing it with guests. We are on a roll. We might be getting better at this, too. That might be a a thing. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to give Probably. I don't want to give us too much credit. I'm not giving us too much credit, but, you know... We've had some pretty stellar guests, some pretty really some really good interviews. Yeah, we I have. know we enjoyed it. So we had Frankfurt's Luke Hammond and Blake Miller stop by the Get Around Podcast Studio on Monday for this chat. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. I'm excited to welcome in Frankfurt's Luke Hammond and Blake Miller to the Get Around Podcast studio for episode 73 uh, the pairs fresh off their experience down at the breslin center this past weekend for the division four uh, state finals basketball uh, they obviously were part of the panthers who won the semifinal over tri-unity christian and then had to go up against the defending champs uh, southfield christian on saturday didn't ultimately wind up in their favor but they represented their communities incredibly well and uh we had a couple of other guys from the team uh, in the studio earlier this year, uh, so we wanted to get a couple of fresh faces, and um, both 
uh, had their their moments in these final two games at the Breslin Center. So we're happy to have you. Glad you guys could make it up to Traverse City for uh, this interview. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, thank you no for having problem. us. Thank you. All right, so let's just start with the experience first off. Luke, you're a junior. Luke Hammond, uh, Blake Miller, a freshman. What was this whole thing like once you guys got down there? Well, when I first got down there, it was pretty, like, just crazy. You know, I didn't expect anything as to what it was. The Breslin Center was so much bigger than I thought it was going to be, and the charter bus was just so fun with the team in the back. And it was just, like, I've grown up my whole life watching Michigan State sports, especially basketball, and it's always been a dream, and I finally got to play there. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty crazy for me just being a freshman. Um, I remember a couple years back watching our assistant coach, David, play at Michigan State and just, like, sitting there just like, hey, one day I'm going to play here and just, like, kind of thinking about that and then actually going to play there is just really crazy and I had, I had a lot of fun this weekend. I want to jump to you right away, Blake, because you didn't necessarily play a ton of minutes this year, but you got into the game against Southfield Christian and I think almost everybody who was following the D4 finals knows who you are now. Uh, you, you, you started, you etched your names into the record books with a couple of free throws uh, in that game, and then you hit a three. And I wasn't there, so maybe Jake can speak to this. I mean, how, how loud did Breslin get for that? That was the loudest that it was for probably the entire game, except for right when the game started off with, I think that's when it exploded the most. Because, I mean, that U of D student section blew up with your guys' fans. And then I think, I mean, even Southfield Christians fans were all going crazy after a second because it wasn't just one play, but it was a four- or five-minute stretch that Blake had two steals, two rebounds, two free throws, a three-pointer. I, you, I, I think I tweeted that you tried to dunk the ball, but I think you just got some rim <laughs> after the ball <laughs> left. Got so, real excited there. Exactly. So maybe a little overzealous, but I mean... How is that with so many fans? When, when, you, when you get that type of energy, that's a different type of infusion, isn't it? Oh, it was just crazy. I was playing on JV most years, so we didn't have the biggest kind of crowds. But when I got to play on varsity, I was always just like, man, these are a lot of people here. And then when I got to Breslin, just like people coming to watch the D1 game and just like UD Jesuit coming to sit down and watching their game after ours and just like getting in there, just kind of looking around, just like, man, this is really happening. And like I hit those free throws. I, I can't imagine what my face looked like. I bet it looked crazy I was smiling like crazy I was just so happy it was just really crazy and then the U of D Jesuit were just they were just great it was really cool having Southfield Christian Frankfurt and U of D Jesuit cheering for me it was just it's a really big dream of mine what do you think that type of moment uh does for you going forward as you you know look to your next three years at Frankfurt and, and what a moment like that on the Breslin floor can do for you well, it obviously builds a lot of confidence in myself, just like, hey, you showed that you can play in the state finals, so why can't you play next year and the year after and the year after? It's just like, just kind of building confidence for us and our community, saying, hey, we can compete with these big schools, and like, we're not just this small town that can't compete, we're, we're down here to compete, everybody. Now, I wasn't there at the finals, I was for the semifinals, but I saw a tweet that during the game... Uh, the student section was chanting that you guys were the public school champions. Oh, yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a big thing at Frankfurt. Like, it happened with the semifinal game that David Loney was on. They played a, They played Southfield Christian, and we got down there. We played uh, quarterfinals. We played um, Charter Roads. Big Rapids Char Crossroads. Yeah, yeah, Big Rapids Crossroads, which is a private school. And then we played Triunity Christian, which is a private school. And then we played Southfield Christian, which is, which is another big-time private school. And... It was just, like, it's just hard when they get to 
you know, like almost recruit players, and we just have like a chance of picking, getting some players in our area. So he's got these small town kids just coming along, playing with each other since we were really young, just like building together relationships. It really helps. Now, uh, I mean, all three of us. I, I thought it was just me to begin with, but they saw it at the the semifinals. Well, I mean, there was quite a bit of magic that helped you guys get all the way to that final. Oh. I mean, what 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 can you say about the emotional roller coaster that was the end of this season, especially after you know you know not not winning your conference and then it kind of ending on a sour note, but then you come into the postseason and everything kind of fell into place. Yeah, at the end of our season, we had a, a practice or two that we just kind of didn't do a whole lot of really even playing with the basketball, just a lot of mental things to let those past two games that we lost to uh, um, Onekama and Buckley, just let those go because they didn't really matter, but they taught us that we could lose, and so we didn't want to in the playoffs, and so we just kind of taught ourselves and learned from Dan. He gave us a lot of good life lessons there, and we just started in playing as high as we could, and our energy was the big thing. So we had to change our energy around, and that's what got us all the way through is our energy. Describe what was your confidence level like once the postseason started because you, you just mentioned you had those losses. Was it a, a you know, the first win kind of a pick-me-up or were, did you already have that mentality flipped around going into that first district game? Uh, well, that first district game was definitely tough because it was Onakama. And we, we knew we had to change, what, change around what we did the, the, game from the game before. And so when we started to realize, like, we can beat this team like, like we did the first time, that kind of picked us up, and that's where our confidence started coming back, and we started to realize that, like, oh, yeah, this is the type of team we are. Like, we can beat these types of teams easy, and when we beat them in overtime, that was big. So now uh, a guy, we had him in studio, uh, Jack Stefanski. It's, is it, oh, let's, let's set this straight for the record because we've been told different ways by different people. We should have just asked Jack himself when he was here. Is it Stefanski or Stefanski? Stefanski. Okay, cool. All right, doing it right the whole so time. So we we've been doing it right this whole time. All right, so obviously he has a pair of pretty incredible moments along this ride. the The regional final, the quarterfinal. Has this sort of developed any kind of new nickname for him within the team? You know, hitting the game winner in the in the final, the three, and then the the free throw uh, in the quarters, or or what's does he sort of have this legendary status yeah. developing, or well, what's going on with him? We we just kind of like we. Gave him a hard time for it, just like funny, like laugh and stuff. And I joked around with him at the end of the Leland game because in our second Leland game, we were in overtime and I hit uh, and one shot to put us ahead to be to win that game. And so we were all happy for him at at Burger King and everything after the Leland um, postseason game. And I was like, don't forget though, Jack, I taught you how to make that game winner against Leland. <laughs> so we were just giving him a hard time that he didn't need, but. We had to give it to him. Yeah. Just for the he fact. definitely deserves the hard times. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He deserved the hard times. Is, oh, yeah. is he kind of he busting everybody else's traps? <laughs> it's it's just all good fun with the team. Just it's how we build relationships around with each other. We've all known each other since we were really little, so we all know it's no hard feelings. We just like to go at each other sometimes. It's really fun. So now, I mean, we're talking to a freshman, and we're talking about Jack, who's a sophomore and now a junior. There's a lot of talent coming back to this Frankfurt team. You know, last year everybody, you know, we, we've talked about this, everybody kind of discredited you because they lost five starters and a top sub. And like, like we said before, they only played 15 minutes in the whole last season. This year you guys have a whole new group, um, a whole new group of seniors, and, and you guys make it all the way to the state finals. And the experience that you guys have had now, what do you think this says about the youth at Frankfurt and what can happen in the future with, you know, freshmen showing up? Uh, you, you've been the top, top sixth man, especially most of the year that I've seen, uh, and having Jack do what he does. What does it say about the future? 
Well, Jack's like a very talented athlete in all sports he plays, and so he's going to come back even better next year, and I hope that I'll come back even better, and Blake and Adam Mills will be there. Oliver Farmer is going to be a big part of the team. We just have like a lot of really strong athletes coming up, and um, you know, like I think, I think it's going to be easy for people to do the same thing that they did to us this year and say they're losing. What we lost five seniors this year, six last year, and so it's going to be easy to say that we're not going to be very good. But I mean, me and Jack have seen quite a few minutes, and I know Blake and Adam have seen quite a few on JV, and so I think we're going to be ready. So, you, so you think that despite the run that you guys have been on, this surprising run, that people are going to do the same thing? You don't, you don't think expectations will maybe be higher this time around well, because I mean, of what you guys just did? Yeah, they definitely could be higher, but I mean, any team or anybody that looks at our team and sees that we lose five starters and four were, or five seniors, four were starters, and one of them being Will, who's one of our best players, and our two postmen, we're not going to have very many postmen next year, so just doesn't look like it just like it did last year, and it's going to be easy for them to say that. Mm-hmm. Blake, something I want to ask you, because you know this group has kind of gone through it where they didn't play hardly any varsity minutes last year, and then they do this. You didn't play a lot of varsity minutes this year. No. How do you sort of look at that as, okay, this is what I can do to elevate my game to be ready just like these guys were ready? So it's really like growing up watching the Lonies play. It's always, I always saw him in the gym watching Jalen Rogers last year. He was always in the gym when I was there. So it's kind of just like, well, I, I may not have played a lot this year, but I felt like I showed my part in practice and a little bit to Breslin that I can I can compete and I, I want to play next year. And it's like hard work really does pay off, and I just need to work at it, and I'll get better. Now you guys got to experience a police escort both to the Breslin and coming home. What, what was that like? Well, coming back from um, it was quarterfinals, We that was the first one we had, and none of us knew about it, and... It was funny. We actually stopped to get to get water at one of the gas stations on the way home because all the parents didn't know about it and they were behind us. And so we just thought we were getting water, but it was really just to save time. And then we pulled in through Stapleton's and there was just probably 20 or 30 cars waiting with the police. And it was just it was crazy. We played music on the bus and we were hanging out the windows. It was just it was really awesome. It was cool. It was like I've known I know a lot of the sheriff's departments. Like they all come to my family's business, so I know all of them personally. It's just like it's just crazy how like they come out and support the community. Not just me, but it's like everybody on the basketball team. We're all just like we all know everybody from Benzie. Like most of the Benzie County Sheriff's Department, we all know. It's just really cool that they come out and support us like we do to them. I'm curious. The I mean Frankfurt, the the town itself is kind of set up relatively uniquely to a lot of others. You have the big rise that you have to come up to get into town, and you've got the, the archway that you have to go under. So as you, as the bus kind of goes up and then you guys look down and the people are waiting for you to come back, and, and it, I mean, what does that add to that moment to sort of experience that way where you've just got the geography of Frankfurt kind of setting up this grand entrance? It's pretty cool because you don't see it until, it until it hits you right and you go over and everybody's down there and then you're close to downtown where we went straight downtown and people coming out of the businesses waving and stuff so it definitely makes it a lot a lot cooler it's really cool because it's like wow i just want to be back here next time like i don't want this to be a one-time thing in my life just like just like man this is the coolest thing i've ever seen it's like i want to do this again i don't want this to be a one-time thing so outside of the police escort what was the the coolest single experience of going to breslin oh that's tough um, I'd say it was pretty cool to to warm up there. I mean, especially to play, but just to warm up there because you got to just stand there, dribble the ball, and 
just look around and see almost everybody from Frankfurt and t people from the other schools and just like this huge stadium just packed full of people watching and you're just standing there just just soaking it all up. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'd say Warmoth is really cool too as Luke said. It's just like just seeing all the people come from Frankfurt it's just crazy. Personally for me it was just playing that last couple minutes just like when I hit that three it's just like oh my everybody stood up I was just like Man, this is really, like this is really cool. Like I'm gonna remember this for the rest of my life. Just crazy. Now, is that is that uh, a buzz or a feeling that that you guys are you have to chase now? I mean, you, you've had you've had that taste. Is this how is this how you, it, it goes forward? Is this what you're shooting back for? Yeah, definitely. That this feeling, like we know we know how to get there. We know what to do when we get there. Now that we've been there and we lost there, but we know how to get it done. And it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna help us get there next year it's definitely gonna be in our plans for the next yeah. couple of years see how much we work in the gym just like man we gotta do we gotta do more now it's like we went there so we gotta do that and just do a little bit more just get over that home for the championship hopefully now blake because of what you said the you know you make that shot and you're like okay i can do this at the breslin i i need to be able to do this everywhere i'm kind of curious and, and you guys both mentioned how cool warm-ups are does it take a little while to adjust like once you're on the stadium floor and then I know this movie, you know, continually ages, but Hoosiers obviously one of the uh, best basketball movies ever. I'm gonna assume you guys have seen it. Yeah, do, yeah does, we watched it on the way down. We it okay, on the way so down on the charter bus. Yeah. So does Coach Loney kind of use the the moment of measuring the basketball hoop and yeah. the length of the floor yeah. and all that? I mean, yeah. how how does he work that in, and, well, and how long does it take you to adjust once you're on the floor? Mr. Jackson, our um, the AD and one of the assistant coaches, he's a he really like that's probably one of his favorite. Um, one of his favorite movies. I've watched that with him probably three or two or three times with previous basketball years. And I mean, when we walked out there, I looked at him and I said, see that? Those rims are still 10 feet high and everything. The free throw is still the same length. And it was just, it was just funny because we were joking around about that. But it definitely takes a while. I don't think that the quarterfinal game really s sunk in until I was at Breslin. And I realized, wow, we just won that game down by 11. We came back. And then I still haven't really realized everything that happened this weekend <laughs> at Breslin. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just haven't really thought of everything yet. Was there a point during the uh, game against Tri-Unity that you guys were like, maybe our magic has run out when they had that 27-2 to run? Yeah, that was when that started to happen, I was like, that's okay, we can get through this. And then when they made the, the game-tying layup, it was kind of weird because playing in a, a gym like that, you don't, like the scoreboards are in different areas, and so like, when you have just a quick second to look up, I would always look up and the scoreboard wasn't there, so I'd keep playing. And for it's easy to let the score get away from you, definitely, because like it's just I don't know. It was a weird feeling, but when that happened, it was like oh no, this could be it. And but like we just stuck with it, like we have every game. For me, sitting on the bench, I mean, obviously things to play, but man, I felt like I was a part of that. Like um, uh, we got down and Jack wasn't having a really good run that third and fourth quarter, so I was like. I was like, I never thought we were out. It was kind of what Luke said. You don't really realize the score once you're there. You're just kind of like, you're just playing. You're watching. You're cheering on your teammates. Just like, Jack started to get down, and I'm like, Jack, come on. We can, like, we're fine. It's, who cares about the run? Like, basketball is, Coach Loney said basketball is a game of runs. They make one, we make one. It's about whoever makes runs wins the game. So how, how much different is this season um, with Coach Loney? I mean, obviously he, he was an assistant for a bunch of years under Reggie and everything. But one thing from the semifinal that really kind of stuck out to me was that in, even in the press conference, he, he called out, Ethan was, standing, was sitting right next to him. 
and he called Ethan out in the press conference for for not beating a guy to a loose ball, and and Ethan was totally cool with it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely take his criticism um, pretty easy. Like he's like Jack and Will said in the last episode, he's kind of like one of us. He's he jokes around with one of us, but when it's serious, it's serious. But we can take it. Like in the in the finals, some of us kind of it got to our heads that we were down and that this team was beating us by a pretty good amount. But he kind of straightened us out, and it was it's just been like really good to have him this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really nice for me playing on JV and just like seeing Dan. We were playing Benzie this one game. And we were down by quite a bit, and just seeing Dan just sitting there like, hey, come on, you guys got this. Like. Don't get down on yourself. He's always just like the one bringing us up. He's he's a really good coach. We all really like him very like a lot. Can you can you give I don't know maybe each of you have a unique experience with Coach Loney. Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's uh, in a previous year working with him. But every time you know, like James said, up at the podium or when we've interacted with you guys throughout the course of the season, it just it, it's kind of cliche, but it just always feels like all of you would run through a wall for, for Coach Loney. So is there a point for each of you where, you know, that respect and desire to fight for him was earned? Because you just don't, you don't feel that or get that with every coach. I've known his family for quite a while. I've watched, I've watched him grow up playing, well, watching him while I was growing up, watching his family play. It's like always, when I was younger, they would come to our games, like in fifth, fifth, sixth grade, like all the Loneys would come. And you're just like, wow. Like, they know what they're talking about. And Dan would always come over, David would be like, hey, like, you guys are doing really good. And they're just like, at that point in my life, when I was like sixth, seventh grade, they're just like coming, just telling you, like, hey, you guys are doing good. And you just like start buying into all the stuff he's saying. It's like, hey, if they, if Loney's can do it, why can't I? Like, he's always had that mentality in me. Like, hey, if Dan and Matt, David, Mason, if they can do it, why can't I? Yeah, I've definitely believed in, in Dan and David just because of everything they've accomplished and everything I've seen David do at Frankfurt, the all-time leading scorer. So like it's definitely like a trust and and Reggie Manville did a lot of really good things for a program. I mean, he he made it to the final fours and he established a super strong program with really good offense and um based on defense, which is what Dan really based his whole program on was defense and I think that Dan took um, um all of the things that Reggie did really well, but then added his own little twist to them and maybe boosted up some spots that Reggie was lacking, just like the the um, relationship part. It was just hard for Reggie to have really strong relationships with his players, but Dan's really done a really nice job of that. Now, I know this is probably a tough question, but since you're underclassmen, it, it, it's a different feeling than if you're a senior, but, I mean, I always think about, you know, the bus ride home from, from Breslin or something like that as a team for you guys. That, that's a long bus ride from Detroit to Frankfurt. Um, how, how, do you guys, how do you guys handle that as a team, and what do you take from those type of experiences uh, in retrospect? Like, knowing that it's going to be over. Well, yeah, or, or you know, or, or knowing that you gave it your all, you know. I know I've, I've, I've had those experiences where, you know, those bus rides get tough, but, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of thinking that goes on there, especially yeah. with the team that you've had and the run that you've had. I mean, what was that like for you guys, especially after you had time to kind of look back on everything that had happened? Um, well, it was, we weren't really talking much just because, like, the season was over. We were pretty bummed out, and, um, but... It just gave us a lot of time to think about like how amazing this run really was, and like how how much community support we had, and the things that we did together, and like the relationships we made, and how like this could this might not like this this group will never be together again. And it was just it was tough to see it go, but I know that the underclassmen are ready for next year. We're ready to finish it next year. 
this might be another tough question. And we, you guys alluded to it a little earlier when we asked the, you know, whether the students were really chanting the public school champs. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like anything's going to change as far as not having private schools competing against public schools. So how do you approach, you know, still believing that you can go into a state title game against a team like Southfield Christian and that you can win? And what do you need to do, you know, in future off seasons? to try to get a better to get another crack at a school like that and, and maybe get an opposite result? Uh, well, we definitely had to put in more work in the off season because last year we did a lot of tournaments in the spring down in Cadillac and Traverse City we did yeah, one. Summer St. Francis. But um we definitely need to do more and play a lot play a lot more basketball just to keep it going. Because I know I mean we peaked at the end of the year which is always great, but it's always better to start at that peak at the beginning of the year and then go up from there which like, we could just play at a whole nother level if we really put in a lot of work. All right, well, it's time to jump to our Freaky Fast Five for our Audible viewers familiar with the show, just kind of five random questions that we've put together for our guests, not really related to the rest of the interview. Uh, Jake's going to have two uh, for our guests today. James is going to have three. I will let Mr. Cook kick it off. All right, when you're having breakfast, do you put the cereal or the milk in first? Cereal. Cereal, for C- sure. Cereal, for yeah. sure. Cereal. Any other ways? Who so are I'm... these people that put milk first? I don't know. Is it you? No. Is it you, James? Yeah, do you never have a second bowl of cereal? Okay, that's different. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about this. We're talking about the fresh bowl I, of cereal, I man. I do have a fresh bowl of cereal, but I always, after I finish, I would drink the milk and then pour new milk and I like cereal. to marinate my milk with some good cinnamon toast crunch or cocoa puffs. You gotta do like two bowls of that. That's different. Yeah. But what we're talking about, re- right. milk doesn't go first. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, I'll go one now, I'll go one now. So, you're in Space Jam. Would you rather be on the Looney Tunes squad or uh, the Monstars? Looney Tunes squad. Looney Tunes for sure. Okay. Okay. What terrible movie do you love? None of my family likes this, but I like The Fifth Wave. It's a pretty good movie. People say it's really bad, but I kind of I enjoy it. <laughs> I am not familiar. What's the... Well, okay, so it's kind of like this alien takeover. So what they do is they like shut off the power... And then, like, this huge tsunami comes. I haven't watched this movie in a while. It's like, this girl's lost in the wilderness, and she's by herself, and she's trying to survive the apocalypse, basically. Okay. I'd have to say um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's that's a Netflix nice. original. That's nice. a good movie. Yeah, that's pretty pretty corny, but it's it's pretty funny. No, that's a yeah. funny movie. I it's agree. A, it's a great one. All right, Jay, go ahead with oh. number four. What is your f- best slash, best or worst internet challenge that you've seen? Oh. I think the the one with the you break your thumb, you put your thumb in inside your hand and then you snap it down, and it's supposed to do something, but then it really just breaks your thumb. That's probably the worst. Oh my god! I don't know why anybody would ever want to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I've not seen that. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, I did not like the in me in my feelings challenge. Okay. I like the song, but dance kind of ruined it for me. Okay. Not gonna lie. I think you get a little overpopular. I'm I'm not I'm not a. I agree with that. <laughs> All right, James, finish it off. Okay, who has the best nicknames on the team? Ooh. Well, we or, or um, some of, of us on in the, in some the of us on the team this year have a have like a Xbox group that we have, <laughs> and so we all have our own nicknames. But I'd have to go with probably um, Jack Resnich. His is Rennet. Rennet. That's Just a good like, one. That's yeah, a really. That's good probably one. my favorite. Rennet's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Any other ones? Um, people call me Balake. Yeah, everybody's seen Keen Peel. Yeah. Of course, I've yeah. been called that for a long time. It's pretty good. Let's take a roll here. Balake, where is Balake at? 
No Balake here today. Yes, sir. My name is Blake. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Blake. What? Do you want to go to war, Balaki? No. Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. So you better check yourself. Um, sometimes we, uh... Oh, no, never mind. That was probably the best one. Right, we'll end it there. No, we'll we'll, we'll we save Luke. We don't know what it was, but that was probably the best one that he decided he couldn't you say. You tell but... us after we turn the mics off. Yeah. Luke, Blake, thank you so much for joining episode 73 of the Get Around Podcast and coming to Traverse City to uh, sit with us in the studio. It's a blast having you here, and congratulations again on a phenomenal season for you and the Panthers. Thank, thank you. you. We had yeah. a great time. It's a pleasure. Another big thank you to Frankfurt's Luke Hammond and Blake Miller for joining episode 73 of the Get Around Podcast. That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freaky out. And with that, we will introduce a new segment to the Get Around Podcast, and that is our F Tweet of the Week. As you may have guessed from the name... Uh, which I'll, I'll give credit to our founder, Brendan Queeley. The podfather. Uh, we're just looking for good tweets related to our sports coverage area. That can be, as the name would suggest, from athletes we cover or those surrounding them who hit the Twitter sphere with some good puns or humor or just a quality shout-out. And so this week we would like to turn our attention to a reply by a Twitter handle, at Fair Playoffs, which I believe is a not-for-profit organization completely against the inclusion of private schools in the public school tournament format. So I'll just preface that there. You can probably figure out where they're coming from on this one. The MHSA tweeted on Saturday during Frankfurt's game against Southfield Christian, quote, or tweet, Today wasn't their day, but the future in Frankfurt is bright. Second stringers are putting on a show for this crowd. Freshman Blake Miller gave us a true Euro step and a three that thrilled. And as our discussion or chat with uh, Blake and Luke pointed out, it was uh, quite a commotion within the Breslin Center when Blake reined in that three. And there are videos on Twitter. You can go check it out. The crowd is loud. And uh, Detroit Jesuit was certainly taking some credit for that. They loved him. And there's a whole bunch of tweets that we could have picked for this segment uh, related to that moment. But this tweet in particular, our aft tweet of the week, courtesy of At Fair Playoffs, responded directly to that MHSA tweet and said, it was their day. It was ruined by a terrible playoff system. <laughs> <laughs> so a little burn there from At Fair Playoffs. Uh, whoever you may be. Yeah, whoever, who, whoever that may be. But it was, uh, I thought it was biting. It was... I'm sure, original. I'm, I'm sure yeah. well received by the Frankfurt community, and uh, we we took a little joy in reading that one. So go ahead, check that one out. You can you probably just search Blake Miller on Twitter and uh, come up with a whole bunch of other good tweets related to that moment. It uh, I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't trending because he blew it up. Yep. Okay. I might have been pushing it a little. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So to all of our local athletes out there, you got to step up your Twitter game, so uh, maybe we'll read your tweet in the future on the Get Around if you have some, uh, some good analysis, joke. Original content. Shot across the bow. We're just looking for creativity here. Yeah. Obviously, we, you know, we can't put just anything on here, but... Uh, yeah. I know, I know you guys can Gotta come keep up it with classy. some good stuff. Time for the Get Around Hall of Fame, gentlemen. The, well, second to last true winter season induction. We might have one more next week. Before we get to our retroactive inductees... Those, of course, being very deserving candidates who, for whatever reason, didn't quite make it into the Get Around Hall of Fame during the season. We'll get to that in a week or two, but we do have a few candidates this week that we would uh, like to present. Jake, go ahead. I'll let you start. I'm going to put up Will Newbold. Uh, he, he definitely showed up throughout the playoffs. He was probably one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent offensive weapon for the Frankfurt Panthers in his senior season, one of five that will be graduating and definitely was their leading offensive threat in the upperclassmen category. Yeah, I believe he finished with 17-7 and seven in the state finals, and I think he had 14 in your guys' semifinal when you covered him. So definitely showed up in the time when they needed it most, and uh, definitely well-deserving, if you ask me. I'll throw uh, Gaylord St. Mary guard Libby Jeffers into the mix. She had uh, 18 in that win over Mayo that we talked about. Um, just kind of controlled that game pretty early uh, you know, in, the, in the regional semifinal she got in some foul trouble early and then her sister took her spot kind of and really took that game over as well uh, but this time that wasn't necessarily needed and, and Libby Jeffers came through big with uh, 18 points 4 assists and 4 steals and I'm going to lean to our last remaining team in the Cadillac girls uh, and McKenna Bryant scored 23 points for the Vikings in their regional championship win over in Menominee, a 55-51 victory. Let's vote. Who's first? Okay, I'll vote. I'm going to vote for Will Newbold. Yeah, i go Newbold as well. I'll take my candidate as well. But Good senior performance in the state finals. finals. Yeah. yeah, getting to state finals is carries some weight. I, I'm pretty sure he led his team in both games uh, in scoring. So, Yeah. Congrats, Will. Any other two have a shot for yeah. next week? Yes, Will, congratulations. You are the latest member inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> All right, Jake, you told me you haven't you, you had a trifecta. I know you, I know you said what it was already, and I'm going to lead into it uh, by saying, so there was a t- there, another tweet. Uh, from the MHSAA, ironically or coincidentally, one of those things. And uh, it just said that the house DJ at Breslin uh, played Rick Astley, never going to give you up, and that the entire Breslin got Rickrolled. It happened. So that segues sort of. Kind of, sort of. Into your trifecta of best musical experience yeah, is that I what you're going go for that, best yeah. best concert we've ever been to yeah something like that i just had a pretty cool experience last week but ju- just for everybody who knows i was kind of disappointed in the house dj that they or at least the breslin center itself that they didn't put the actual video up on this vi- on the screen when they recorded that would have been awesome because it was like a solid like two minutes of the song that they played in during a media timeout and i'm sitting there and uh 
I, I believe it was Cassidy Cobb was sitting next to me, and we were just like, is this really happening right now? And I just wish they would have put it up on the screen. Well, you're going to be in so much trouble. With, we're, with Harris and we're, fi- we're 59 minutes into this episode of The Get Around, and Cassidy Cobb from 9 and 10 comes up before 7 and 4's Harrison Beebe. You are in so much trouble. It was in the same breath, right? Anyways... <laughs> Anyways. You still didn't even say his name. Yeah, I, did. I said I did. No, I said oh, it. Oh, yeah, you did. did. Okay. Anyways. Oh, he's um, going to be so... He, the trifecta. You're in trouble. The you're trifectas. disinvited for future parties. Well, and Harrison will probably chime in on our trifecta because last week was 311 day, day for him. That's right. So I'm sure he's had some pretty good moments. But last Thursday, I went to a show in Detroit and got to see like my favorite artist in the world, Oliver Heldens. And I wasn't quite sure what to expect when I got there, but this was like... He's like rated as a top five DJ in the world. He had, like, a 250-person show in, like, an underground club in Detroit where there wasn't even, like, a screen behind him with, like, graphics. They didn't even have lights going up. It was literally just him standing basically in front of us and playing music, and it was so cool. And I ended up, I got to meet him. He signed all my, my cool memorabilia and stuff like that. I actually got to chat with him and ask him a few questions. And also, on top of that, another one of my favorite DJs sent me a whole bunch of free merch today. I got in the mail this morning. Uh, just because I interacted with him on Instagram, kind of like what we do for you, magical people. When uh, when we give away Jimmy John's, yeah. When, when we get you fed, yeah. When we get you fed, kind of like that. But yeah, he sent me like six or seven T-shirts, a couple hats, and a flag. So I've had some pretty cool experiences with some of my favorite artists over the last week, and I just wanted to see what your guys's are because it's not every day you get to. I guess, I mean, he played. For, D, Oliver Helen's played for two and a half hours. Closer, I was closer to him than I am to you right now, James. Just got to watch him actually DJ, and then I met him after the fact, which was really, really cool. I didn't think that would ever happen, because the last time I've seen him, it was on a stage with 40,000 people. I'm going to let James go last and jump in here so that we can end on one that uh, somebody has actually participated in. I just happen to know that, or at least I believe, that a concert I'm going to be seeing is probably going to be the best one that I've seen uh, coming up May 3rd, because I'll be headed with uh, my wife to Minneapolis to see Garth Brooks at okay. U.S. Bank Stadium. And, uh, I mean, he only kind of just got back to touring again a couple years ago after taking a really long break. And definitely, I mean, I guess there's some people who might argue one or two other names ahead of him as far as the best country artist of all time. Party on, Garth. I can't, I, can, I, can't, <laughs> I can't even put George Strait ahead of him in that category, so... I'm really excited about yeah, that. Yeah, see, and I hope it lives up to all your hopes and dreams because this isn't a joke. Like, I didn't even drink alcohol when I was there because I was like, this is this is incredible. I don't want to forget a single a, a single second of this. It li- I dreamed about those moments, and they actually happened the way that I dreamt <laughs> about them. And it was like, wait a second, really? So you weren't drinking; you were doing something else. No, I was literally no straight up. <laughs> I, I didn't want to move. I didn't want to move from in front of the DJ booth. I didn't want to move in front of the DJ booth because if I did, I was going to lose my spot. I'm talking, I was literally standing right in front the whole time. I was like, I'm not doing anything. I had a bottle of water with a lid on it. I kept my pocket. That was it. I was like, I stood there for like three hours and didn't move. I had the time of my life. I swear to God. I also know that both of you have been to far more concerts than I have. I can maybe count on two hands the concerts I've been to. So, no, I have like a, I have like a really OCD list of all the concerts that I've been to. I've, I've tried to do that. I've, I've done a pretty good job of uh, putting down everybody. I actually have a scrapbook that I made when I was in high school of like, that's when I started doing the concert thing, and I have I have a lot of paper tickets and actual like stubs from concerts that I've gone to, and I've always wanted to make like a cool, some kind of like cool put together of it all, but who knows if that'll ever happen. So what have you got, James? Yeah, so here's my list. I think the band that I've seen the most is uh, Alice in Chains six times. 
Okay. Yeah, I got, I got but two. I've seen Metallica four times. Okay, yeah, I got I got Mac Miller, who we've talked about on this podcast before. I've seen him five times, and then I don't, now I've seen Oliver Heldens four times. So those are like the two tops. I have a couple other people who are up there with them, but I don't think I've seen anybody more than five times. I've seen Otherwise six times and Pop Evil six times. But what's That's your, what's your best how, experience? Isaac, this is how this is yeah, how yeah, no. this yeah, he's so inattentive about it that he literally, right yeah, he literally pulled it up in an instant. He's like, all right, let's see what's going on here. Yeah, but as far as best experience, um, you know, I mean, a lot of concerts are good because you kind of know who's going to play what and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, rather than go by the, the, the artist, just the best artist or whatever, I had a couple of concerts where I snuck backstage afterwards. Um, one time when I went to see Guar, Guar, in the name of Guar. One time when I went to see Guar, and then one time when I went to see uh, Ra, which is like one of my favorite bands okay. of all time. Um, and uh, literally never heard of either one of those. I, th- I think I've heard of Guar because there was kids in high school who used to like do their like that, like in the name of Guar. I'm pretty sure that I used to do that. Guar's just ridiculous. They're yeah. like shock rock. They yeah. they go out on stage in these ridiculous costumes, and they it's like insane clown posse. Uh, no, they, they're more just out there having ridiculous, stupid fun, like, uh, you know, decapitating the president <laughs> and whoever the president may be at that time and stuff like that and spraying blood, fake blood on the crowd. And that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> that is just, my idea it, of a good time. It's just ridiculousness. But Ra is just a really good yeah. band. If you've never heard of Ra, you should look them up. Just R-A, uh, like the Egyptian sun god, very good, kind of hard rock band everything i've heard of theirs is, is good but i got to i snuck backstage one time after a show and sat there and talked to their lead singer for like 15 minutes one time so that's pretty sweet and that was just it was just awesome and guar i just got i got autographs i had like a cd with me and i got a big four or five of yeah everybody was like autograph the cd everybody's like giving them like their cell phones to sign and stuff like that and i'm like i would never do that but you trade your cell phone in in two years i mean I, I buy all my cell phones but still i would never want somebody to sign my cell phone it's gonna disappear rather quickly that's going to wrap up episode 73 of the get around podcast i've been your host brett summers alongside me james cook at jake atnip don't forget we might give away some jimmy johns if you interact with the show at ba sports writer on twitter james at james cook 14 at jake at jake atnip hope you enjoyed this week's show thanks for listening have a good one